This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back, everyone, to the TOT cast. I'm here with Damar Grant. We're here back again to talk Toronto Raptors as the offseason draws near with the start tomorrow morning. Damar, how you doing, man? Great. This is actually my second favorite part of uh, the NBA season. Off-season. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite parts, too. It's better than that horrendous intro I just had, but <laughs> I feel like never know. it'll be a little better. They'll never, They'll never know, right? <laughs> well, now that we're here, we're just going to jump right into it. Let's talk about the draft first. Toronto Raptors, they did not take our boy Scalabistri. Instead, they took Jakob Podol. Um, kind of off the board in terms of him and Pascal. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it, man? I'm still kind of a bit surprised why they took a project center. Okay, so the ninth and the ninth pick, I can understand it. It's projected to be, Podol was projected to be drafted by the Raptors. Safe pick, okay, whatever. But at 27, Scal is still there. Scal is like... A, you know, he's kind of like a project player, but he can shoot. That's the best part about him. He can shoot, and he has great defensive instincts. I'm like, at 27, there's there's, there's no way they'll, they won't pick him. Like, he's the best upside, and he's at 27. And then they pick Pascal, and I had to Google him because I really <laughs> had no idea who he was. As did a lot of Raptors fans. Yeah. You know, the thing with me that killed him, though, is he's basically like – Kind of like a mini business sense where he's a bit undersized. He has a long wingspan and he's just a hustle guy. Zero offense. Yeah, at power like zero yeah, offense right now. Power forward, which makes it you know it makes it harder to do anything offensively when you have a zero at power forward. You want that guy to shoot. Yeah, if you, I think with the league transitioning to more of you know players taking shots from a further out, it's not just about scoring inside anymore. I don't understand why the Raptors would take somebody who's pretty much limited to just interior play. And it's, disapp- it's disappointing, man. It, it honestly is. And I'm going to be watching Scal on the Kings, and I'm going to be crying about it because he's on the Kings. <laughs> See, I don't know about Scal. But, like, I love Scal, but the more and more I read about him afterwards to try and figure out why the hell the Raptors would pass on him, it was a lot of the same things. A lot of that, he's too raw to adapt to 5-on-5 five five play. One-on-one workouts, he's amazing. But when you put him in 5-on-5 five five play, it's kind of like, okay, 
where is the same scowl that we just saw. So I feel like that might have been a bigger concern. And apparently Pascal really took it to him in the Raptors workout in Buffalo, so maybe that was a deciding factor too. Yeah, just play him in the D-League then. Yeah, I mean, developing talent-wise, Scal was much better. If, Even Czech, Czech Diallo would have been good in my opinion. Yeah, that too. Okay, if, problem is he's not good in 5-on-5, five five, right? But he's great 1-on-1. One one. Train him to play 5-on-5 five five in the D-League. Yeah, right? I mean, the 9-on-5 is close. They can bust him back and forth like they've done with Bebe, Powell. DeLon... Even yeah, Powell, even Bruno. Oh man, this is gonna be. You know what? I swear to God, if this ends up like the Lamarcus Aldridge incident, I'm gonna I'm gonna renounce my uh, fandom as a Raptors fan. I don't I don't want to hear that. It's still one of the worst things I've ever heard, Johnny. Lamarcus Aldridge, man, Lamarcus. What I found interesting though is the Raptors have kind of taken a lot of project players in the draft recently. Eventually, they need these guys to step in and play because they're cheap contracts too, right? So you need these guys to contribute sooner rather than later. How many more projects can Masai and company really take on? They got Powell. Powell's been the one. Yeah. I think DeLon Wright will be the second. Yeah, but too. after that, like like you wrote about Bebe, I don't know what they're doing with him either. I don't really get Bebe, man. Why do they keep drafting centers if they already have the center? So they just, but they won't trade him, right? Well, they have to play him next year, right? Like they have to play him. I guess so. He just sits on the roster, man. He doesn't do anything. Like he, yeah, he just looks pretty and like photo bombs press conferences, which is pretty jokes. Um, <laughs> he has great, he has great hair though. Great hair. Yeah, he has fantastic hair. Fantastic hair. I'll give him that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna miss Bismack. Yeah, that's the one thing about that, free agency that is killing me right now. Well, that's what this whole draft. I guess we started with that because it leads to the bigger point of them taking two big men. Basically, signals that they don't feel Bismack Biombo is coming back. Yeah. So when you look at the Raptors' free agency, it's really, let's face it, it's really Bismack, Biombo, and DeMar DeRozan. Those are the two big pieces. But in all likelihood, the Raptors can only bring back one. Yeah, that's going to be DeMar, unfortunately. You know, I've been you know, toying with something. I've been walking around, you know, from the gym home. And I was just thinking, what if they just didn't sign DeMar DeRozan? You know, what then? How would the fan base take that? <laughs> that's the real question. I, th- I think it'd be an okay move if they let him walk. I think it's the right move, personally, but I do understand at the same time why they can't do it, because if you let him go, then who do you replace him with, right? Nope. That's the, yeah, the immediate question. But at the same time, I think over the long term, it's the right move. Yeah, play Norman Powell. I think Norman Powell is, like, I think he's so good, man, and I think he's just, like, every time I read about him, the, the first thing that they say is that he's tough, right? Not just, like, physically tough, mentally tough, and then, like, the second thing they say is, like, this guy works every single day. Just like Blake Griffin, they always talk about this guy works every single day to get better. So, you know, Norman Powell, he already has this awesome defense, you know, great three-point shooter, he's got straight line drives to the rim, handle is, it's there, not amazing, but it exists. Yeah, it's adequate. You know, it exists. And uh, that athlete, he has that Russell Westbrook um, coast-to-coast, you know, I just, I, well, here's the thing, though. I mean, if the Raptors were to, let's say, let DeMar go, and we're both going to rave about our, our man crush on Norman Powell here, but the Raptors would really be transitioning into a defensive first team, more so than they are, or at least try to be now. Like, by letting... Man, if you let DeRozan walk, that kills so many ISO sets. The offense would flow a lot better where the ball would move around, but they'd really be committed to defense, in my opinion. So I think it would more emulate what Dwayne Casey wants right, right. as opposed to what they are like forced to play with because he doesn't really have a choice based on what Lowry and DeRozan are. Love how, so he kind of has to play to them. Love what you're saying, just like what what Dwayne Casey wants, the defense first, you know, and then like 
but we're gonna sign Demar anyways, just because the fan base thinks it's the best move. And even the fan, like some some fans, don't really think that he's the best move. You know, I don't think he is personally, but I feel like they're handcuffed. And yeah, yeah, I guess so. They'd be able to do like some really crazy things in free agency, but I guess this isn't really the free the free agency that they would want to do. No, I don't. I don't think this is a bad year to quote unquote sit out a free agency. Like when you look at their salary cap situation, let's just hypothetically say they brought back everybody. Okay, mm-hmm. they'd be almost eight million dollars over the cap, right. so they can't bring back everybody. But let's say they let go of Biombo, Scola, uh, James Johnson. I'm trying to think, Jason Thompson and James. If they, James uh, Johnson, the legend. James Johnson is the biggest folklore in Raptors history. Actually, you know what? He's up there with Junkyard Dog, Jerome Williams. I feel like he's at that same par where the fans just love him, love him. whether he plays or not, and it's awesome. Oh. But if if they let go of like, those guys, and I'm trying to think, maybe Nando DiColo. I know they, they basically re-signed his rights right now, but let's say they were to just trade that off to somebody. That would give them roughly 6 to $7 million in cap space. Oh, that's-, that's not a lot. That's if they brought back DeRozan, sorry. So let everybody walk except DeRozan. Yep. And that's like six million cap space. That's nothing. Yeah. They can't. They can't do anything Especially with that. Especially when the cap, the cap just boomed or is going to boom to ninety-four million. That's not really significant money to sign anybody because anybody that's going to be starter caliber is going to be around fifteen to eighteen, like thirteen to eighteen million is going to be your average starter money, depending on position, obviously. Well, that's the other thing with the cap booming. I mean, it puts the Raptors in an even tougher spot because now they're forced to pay guys like Biombo if they want to bring him back. They're forced to pay him. And DeRozan's going to make more money now because of that as well. So it, it really puts them in a bind. And then to go and pursue other guys that would eventually be the mid-level exception, they're no longer that anymore because teams with cash space are just going to throw money at them hand over fist, and they're going to take it, right? Now that I'm thinking about it, the Raptors chose like the exact wrong year to be good. Like if they actually had like a... <laughs> if they just, I wouldn't even say if they sucked, but if they like made it to the second round and then they just like they fought the heat valiantly and then lost and we're talking about oh Bismack you know is he really that good and DeMar DeRozan uh, uh, right and then he might be able to retain both of them right but they you know they they made it all the way to Eastern Conference Finals and then they brought the Cleveland to six and they're like oh we're just one we're one piece away (laughs) one piece away you know everybody's gonna get paid because everybody played so amazingly so we're now two pieces away and we'd have no money to sign anybody and we only have like four million because we have the mid-level to sign people, and which isn't going to happen. Oh man! The more I talk about it, the more it makes me depressed. Okay, if we can agree on one thing though, when it comes to them, I guess picking a good season to win, they may not have done that. But what they did do, in my opinion, is when they, I guess, what people would say, overpaid Corey Joseph last year. They actually didn't. When you look at how soft the free agent market is for point guards this year, I think Masai Ujiri was ahead of the curve there, and he realized that hey. If I fix my guard problem, which he did last year, this year he can really focus on getting big men. So I, I feel like that was something that he did right, where he got ahead of the market there. Because remember last year when they offered Corey Joseph the contract, everybody's like, "Wow, that's an overpay." Yeah, he's good on defense, man. He's I like Corey Joseph a lot. You know, yeah, I think he's really good. I think he's more than worth the contract they offered him. You'd rather have him or Jeremy Lin? Oh, him. That's, Jeremy Lin. That's basically no what best. it would would be down to in this uh, off season. Like those would be the two best point guards. Right, so it's just like him or Jeremy Lin. I rather have, you know, I rather have Cool Joe, especially since he's from Toronto as well. So, yep, I feel like that factors in quite a bit. So I get the vibe from us both talking about the Raptors' offseason outlook here. We both think it's going to be pretty boring, pretty quiet, where they're just going to bring back DeRozan. Right. 
Maybe sign one mid-level guy and that's it. We got to look at these mid-level guys, man. Man, some of the names we talked about off the air were just brutal. Yo, where, when, when do we sign Wesley Johnson? When does that happen? That's really our reality. <laughs> like we're staring at. Okay, well, their biggest problem right now is the small forward, like backup small forward, power <laughs> forward, whether you think Patrick Patterson is a starter caliber power forward or not. So that would be power forward either starting or backup, and then guess backup center really depends on what happens with Podol and uh, Aguera. So they need some uh, some backup forwards, man. Wesley Johnson? Wesley Johnson. What about, Ter- what about Terrence Jones? <laughs> I know he's, he's got... Oh, man, I'm sorry. I can't find <laughs> I know you're I know you're trying your best right now, but I just can't do it. I know he's a Syracuse guy. Clippers own he Wesley hustles. Johnson. Yeah, he was a Laker, too, for what it's worth. He's played for both LA teams. You know, I just... I can't. I just can't do it. Oh, come on, yo. He, he shoots... He, he can shoot the three. Yeah, Patrick Patterson can also shoot the three, but he's inconsistent, so they're like the same player. And then he's also, you know, he's kind of spry, you know. Spry, he, wow. Is he pretty tall? I lodge <laughs> your adjectives. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> he's pretty tall, you know. I mean, honestly, I've watched him play on the on the Clippers, and he was like an all right, he, he's, his best comp would be like a small ball four. I don't really know if they'd be able to yeah. do that, because... You know, Damari Carroll typically plays a small ball for the Raptors. Well, that's the thing is, it's like some of the players that are available, they have guys like that already. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why they would want to bring another player like that in. Okay. It doesn't necessarily make them better; it just keeps them status quo, in my opinion. Right, here, here's another one: Jared Dudley. I love Jared Dudley, but like we were both saying off the air, we think he's going to go to competitor. I could see him going. You don't think he can go to Cleveland because he doesn't fit the LeBron and the friends group. But I could see him going to a team like a Cleveland, maybe a Golden State on a dirt cheap deal. Um, trying to think who else here. Maybe San Antonio. I honestly like, don't think he's a contender type dude. Like really, his personality, right? Because he's been getting paid four million for the past like five years. Yeah. Right. So I was thinking about the amount of money he's going to make is probably going to be similar because he's not, you know, he's on the wrong side of thirty. He's like thirty or thirty-one right now, and. uh just the way, you know, if you listen to any of the podcasts that J.J. Redick has done with him or like Bill Simmons, he's all about, like, you know, helping the young guys out and we're trying to develop, you know, he wants to win a championship, but he's also all about, like... He enjoys being a mentor. Yeah, he enjoys being a mentor, right? So if you think about it, on him, him on, like, that Cleveland team, you know, I don't really see him meshing with LeBron or Jason Richardson. I don't see him doing the Snapchats with Lil' Kev. <laughs> No, I don't, okay. I don't see him squatting up with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in their uh, in their Instagram photos or something like that. Well, maybe with Aisha. I mean, Aisha's everywhere recently, so... Yeah, like, maybe, <laughs> you know, you'd fit in on the Spurs. See, I was going to say two teams. I was going to say one old and one young. The old team would be the Spurs for sure. How awesome would it be? Him, David West, Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, the whole old folks home. They get together and they go after a ring one more time with Pop. Or he joins President Brad Stevens in Boston and mentors their young team. President Brad, yo, I love that nickname for him, by the way. President it's deserving. <laughs> I think he's a top three coach in the league. Um, now that I'm even thinking about it now, he doesn't even fit on the Spurs because they're trying to get more athletic, you know, to, to just like to compete with uh, the Thunder, the Warriors, like just to stay on the same on the floor because that's what happened to them against the Thunder. They just got run off the floor. Yeah. Well, what about the Thunder? Maybe he could fit in there. I know they're really, really tight with cap space as well, but... Yeah, 
I feel like that might be a possibility. Yeah, I, I can see him him and uh no, I can't see him dancing with Russell Westbrook and Cameron Payne, man. <laughs> no, he'll be, in, he'll be on the end of the bench. Him and Billy Donovan will like casually shake hands. Him, him and like Nick Collison maybe hang out. That's about wow. Yeah. <laughs> or him and Stephen Adams. No, even then, Nick Collison and Stephen Adams have that like that whole mustache handshake thing going on. I don't know, man. But he would. Yeah, it's a weird dynamic. He would fit perfectly. Like I, I'm just thinking about the culture aspect. He would fit perfectly with the Raptors. Cause they don't. They're not like a super silly team or anything, you know. They're kind of like a family dynamic, and they have a lot of young players where he would be able to like mentor, especially like the D League type players. I feel like I think he would help Bebe and them a lot. Yeah, exactly. So I, I honestly think like he would be a very good fit on the Raptors, and plus he's also you know like a three and D wing, plays small ball four, he's got long arms, and he's just you know he's on the wrong side of thirty, so he's gonna be cheap. He's been making four million for the past years I don't really see him making that much more in the next couple of years because he's not fast you know he's not like no. super athletic right so his base is basically his best skills are his, like his long arms his defense and his shooting that's not really worth 15 million to me considering his basketball IQ this is my last like shot at trying to figure out where he could go Minnesota Tom Thibodeau difficult system to adjust to I feel like Dudley could come in and kind of be like a coach to the younger guys like Wiggins and help them Help them learn a bit. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is all world, so he'll pick up anything you stick him in. But I feel like other guys that, like, man, if Rubio's still around, Zach Levine, Wiggins, like, he can help those guys out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right, I like him on the Timberwolves. Okay, let's go back to the Raptors. And one guy that we both liked was Courtney Lee, but we both don't think they can afford him. Yeah, which is unfortunate. You know, guards ones and twos, shoots it. Pretty athletic. He gets up sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think they're gonna be. They just won't be able to afford him. Like they just won't have enough money to offer him. Well, here's a scary thing: is how much do you think he's gonna get? I, I like. I, you know what? I like Courtney Lee more than most people. So I think he's gonna probably get like he's definitely getting uh, you know, eight figures. God damn, that's a lot just of money. Like how much? <laughs> how much do you? How many? How much money do you really think you can invest in him? Because he's also not a young player either. So. Yeah, I feel like what are you gonna give him like a three year, thirty three million? Yeah, that's what yeah, with bonuses. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Man, that's a lot of money for a Courtney Lee, but that's where the league's heading, I guess. Bro, the, okay, well, just think of the think of it this way: your average starter will most likely be getting fifteen million dollars a year. That's God bless starter, television. Right, your average starter. So Damari Carroll is like at market level amount of money right now. That's insane. Actually, you know what? When you look at what Noah's reportedly about to get from the Knicks. Joakim Noah, yeah. two years, 36 mil. Yes. He is not worth that. Yes. Him and Derek Rose are an albatross together on the floor. So let's put them back together. Woo! <laughs> That's insane. So yeah, Courtney Lee, three years, 33 mil is probably about right. Maybe even a little All bit right. more than that. 36? So he, he's off the list. Either way, he's off the list. Um, somebody that I like personally, I know a lot of people are conflicted with him, is Terrence Jones. Had a tough time with the Rockets. Seems to be always injured. Uh, TSN's Josh Lewenberg says he has character issues, and that was one of the reasons why the Raptors only checked up on him, but then basically try to acquire him. So maybe they'll try and overlook the character issues. Him and Terrence Ross are very good friends. That might factor in a bit here. But he's somebody I like that could fill the power forward void and kind of start and put Patrick Patterson in that bench role that we'd love him to be. Thoughts on Terrence Jones? Meh. Like, he's just... Meh. Yeah, it's honestly, for me, uh, like... Terrence Jones for me is just like a meh. Like he doesn't do anything special. I don't love him for any like real reason. 
kind of athletic. Defense is uh shooting is a uh, you know his his post like his hooks on the on the blocker meh. Like is this meh to me? If the Raptors are tr- the Raptors are trying to be a competing team for the champion championship, and they can't really afford to sign somebody that's meh and have him being like a significant part of his ro- of the rotation. Well, if they're trying to chase a championship, like a lot of fans believe now, I don't think they are personally. I feel like they're about to be stuck in that middle of the pack in the NBA, which is one of the worst places to be. Treadmill. Where, you, yeah, you're literally good good enough to make it to like the second round. Sometimes the third round, but never the championship. So it's just like a gigantic tease. In my opinion, they're the Clippers of the East, where the Clippers have talent, but they're just not good enough to, for a variety of reasons to make it to the NBA championship. And they always get beat by the same three teams, the Warriors, the Thunder, and the Spurs. The Spurs Those are the three. Year. I, I know. That's why I was kind of reluctant to say the Spurs at the end there, but I still feel like the Spurs are better, and I feel like a lot of people would agree with that. And now you look at the Raptors in the East. They can't beat the Cavs. But there's still a handful of other teams you can make a good case for because let's face it, they weren't very convincing this postseason. Yeah, they beat the Pacers in the Heat, but it took seven games, mm. seven grueling <laughs> games. <laughs> this isn't like world beaters, you know. Yeah, for them, it's the the nerves, the nerves. You could see the nerves, especially against the Pacers. Oh my goodness, they were getting when Demar Derozan was getting um getting locked up by Paul George, and they were trying to like manufacture points without him. And it was getting to like Game Six and Game like. Game five and game seven, you could just see the tentativeness on the team where it's like, we can't lose. We can't lose. They get into that mode of um, playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Yep. You could see it on the court. So I feel like that really, really uh, hindered them, especially in the first round. Not so much in the second round. They were just playing terribly, and they plus they didn't have Jonas. Yeah. Well, um, Jonas is like the tough part because how much better does he really make them? Does he make them, you know, enough to take Cleveland to seven games better, or is he just like keeeping them at status quo? Honestly, I've been another idea I've been toying around with is just like, bro, let's just trade Jonas. Damn. He's at, he's at probably the highest, probably at this trade deadline, he'll be at the highest value. And it's such a super duper cheap contract. Yep. Highest value. He's gonna be like, he's probably gonna have something like a. 17, maybe even 20 point season this year, but he's just like a he's a post up big man. He's a center. He's kind of lumbering, you know. He's not going to be like chasing people around on the court. I think he's a kind of comparable to Rudy, Rudy Gobert in Utah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as imposing defensively, but offensively they have similar skill sets. But I think JV shoots it a bit better. Yeah, I, I like him. He, I don't know, man. I just don't think I can win a championship with Jonas. It's like, well, is he, here's the thing. Is he punishing people for guarding him? That's the thing. When you're a slow center, that's what you need to do. You need to punish people yeah. on the other end. Yeah, you got to be a mauler. You really got to, like, really wear the defense down. Right, so is he doing enough offensively to make up for the fact that he is not, like, a super positive on the defense? Because I, like, I feel like... That's debatable. I feel like I, if I, repl- I replace him with Hassan Whiteside, I feel like the Raptors would be... Similar team, if not better. Yeah, but I mean, they can't afford Whiteside, right? That's like the downside of that. I know, but they. I know, but I was just making an example. Like, you know, he's not. No, I agree. Not, he's saying. not doing enough damage on the offensive end, where I feel like I can just trade him for a defensive piece and just throw alley oops to my guy all the time. That's interesting, actually. So you're basically saying like, trade him for like a Tyson Chandler type player. No, not necessarily that. I was saying like, if you could trade him, you could either. 
would trade him for something like that, but then I would also have like the other pieces. I want the other pieces to supplant the team. You know, so JV is awesome, you know, he's awesome rebounding. You know, he's got, you know, that mid-range shot, good good hooks, right? But his like his defense is kind of, you know, I wouldn't say questionable, but uh there's a reason why Wayne Casey didn't play him crunch time minutes in the past few years. So if I can get just like an athletic center, if I could just get like, okay, for example, if I had just like uh, DeAndre Jordan on this team, it doesn't get worse. I think it gets a bit better. Right. So like I could just throw him alley-oops all the time. If I just had an athletic center that I could just throw alley-oops, finishes basically everything around the rim. I really need center that like, me this dynamic that they rarely use. They never pass on the ball. Dude, that's like the biggest problem with the Raptors is that they never pass on the ball. Which is partially because of DeRozan and Lowry, though. Right, so... More so DeRozan and Lowry. DeRozan, he has a propensity to literally just take the ball in the elbow and play one-on-one. So, you gotta make the decision of whether or not you wanna be... uh, This goes back to where we're talking about they're on the treadmill. Do you want them to be a young team, or do you want them to be this contending team? I feel like Jonas is probably one of those players. Him and like Norman Powell are those players where you need to make a decision on whether or not they're because you could trade those two guys and get now pieces, right? That those those two guys are future pieces. You can trade them and get now pieces and try to compete for the championship, or you trade away your now pieces in DeRozan or can even or Lowry and just focus on the future. They're on this weird in between area and they can't sign anybody to get better now but they can't sign anybody to get better later so we're like you know what did they do yeah they're really in a precarious spot because they're not good enough to win a title in my opinion with this roster but at the same time they have to make a big decision with this roster in order to get to where they want to get to and that's either going to require them to you know part ways with DeMar DeRozan or Lowry or man even a JV and really commit to not necessarily a rebuild but a long-term plan or they're going to have to part ways with some of these young pieces, like you're saying, and Terrence Ross because of his salary, and go all in. And I, I don't know if what they have is good enough to go all in. Yeah, me, like, me neither. So, like, there's a big decision yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah, So like, somebody's got to, you know, this is almost like in a, in Greece, you know, playing chicken here, man. We got to figure out who, who blinks first. Like, are we going to, are we going all in, or are we, are, are we going to go back? Like, take a step back. Like, it's, you know, it is a step back get better in the long term. God damn, the scrutiny that Messiah Jerry is about to undergo, I don't think people realize it yet, that he has to make a big decision. Yeah. They can't just keep the same. I mean, if they're the same, then they're literally on the treadmill, and I don't... Messiah Jerry doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that wants to be stuck. It can be the same, like, because Memphis has been the same for the past, past, like, four years, right? And the city embraced them. It really depends on, you know, what does the fan base want? We're bigger than Memphis, man. Like this, this market expects a winner, in my opinion. I don't think so. Toronto's been terrible for the like for forever. Really? Toronto's been just Toronto. Okay, maybe not the Raptors as a whole, but I think the city of Toronto, when it comes to their sports teams, expects them to be competitive and win. The Leafs have been a joke for almost three years now. They were good, and then they beat, they lost to Boston. It doesn't mean the fans are happy about it, though. Yeah, but like, like they want a winner. There's no, there's no like Toronto team that is on the landscape that's going to be a winning team. Like they just need a team that's good for now. Like the Jays have been good for one year, a year, one year, yeah. and like, did you see the the response that the city gave them? You just have to be good for a while. 
<laughs> Toronto's been bad for so long that they just need a good team right now. Ah, oh, man. It sounds like our city's becoming like New York, where, like, we just want one team to be good. This is so sad. I can't believe we're going down this road. That's what happens when you're bad for a long period of time, is that you just want to be good. You know, you just want to be in the conversation. You just want somebody to talk about you. That's why, like, the Knicks, they signed Derrick Rose, and they're just like, okay. It's like, maybe Kevin Durant might... Just, like, having the conversation of Kevin Durant maybe coming to the team is just enough to get the city, you know, they're they feel good about themselves, you know. It's like we need, we're only a few things. We only need to do a few things, and we're actually we're actually here. So if you're, yeah, if you're the, they feel important again. Yeah. So just like the Raptors, you know, the Raptors have been bad ever since Vince Carter's left, right? Like, I guess you know they've been adequate at the very best, yeah, and then this year was the first year where they've been good. Yeah, exactly. They had Chris Bosh for a while, but then he left. So, but the problem with this year too is that a lot of guys overachieve. Like Kyle Lowry, expecting him to play that good all the way through his thirties is asking for a lot. DeMar DeRozan was good, but is that his ceiling that we saw? Mm-hmm. If that's his ceiling, then I don't feel like they're going to get any better. JV, yeah, he'll get a little bit better, but how much, same deal, I don't know. So it's kind of like... All right, then you know what it's... Did the Raptors peak? You know what it sounds like to me? It's time to take that step back because we're re- everybody has recognized that this is probably the best year that Kyle Lowry will ever have. DeMar DeRozan still doesn't shoot the three, so basically he's at the ceiling for type of player he is right and everybody else that is on the team is younger than them yeah that's fair right so why would i like why would i trade my younger pieces to double down on these older guys that seem to have been at like last season was their best they're ever going to be why would i trade my younger dudes to to make team better right now to complement these players that have already peaked when I could take a step back and just like put all my stuff into these younger dudes to see if I can get better later because they're not going to be better. I don't think this team is ever going to be better than Cleveland, man. Mar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are not. They don't equate LeBron James and uh, Kyrie Irving. No. So yeah, man, it's tough. It's actually a really tough spot for Masai Jury to decide what to do, and there really isn't a right or wrong answer. I mean, you can criticize whichever way he goes, but. They're, neither one is wrong or right, in my opinion. Like I feel like you can make a strong case for either side. Yeah. So I, I hate not giving like a definitive opinion on something, but I feel like this is one where it's just you, you can't go wrong. My opinion, okay, it's, it comes down to this question. Do you think being good, not great, do you think just being good for the next three or four years is okay? Yes or no? Personally, no. To the fan base that at a lot of times is lukewarm at best, I'll put it, for like temperature-wise of their interest, yes. I feel like it's good enough. They feel important. It's still fun to go to Raptors games. They're fun to watch. They make the playoffs. That's enough. All right. So, as not, not Masai Ujiri, as ownership. Ah, right? don't go there. Your man. ownership, which one is going to make you the most money? It's a no-brainer. Well, if we're ownership, then then we might as well start digging into bargain bin free agents for this year for the Raptors. And I got four guys I can name right now that are like <laughs> bottom of the barrel cheap guys. If we're ownership, no, but if just, that's pretty much what they're going to work. Right, with. If you're trying to maximize the amount of money that you make, and the fan base is willing to um, willing to like this good team, not great team, then what's where, where, where's where's the where's the choice? I don't I don't understand. I just be good, and I get money. I print money, and that's it. And then we we take this inevitable downswing because if 
we're trying to be a great team, we take the downswing now. But if we're if we're just going to be the good team, we get met, make the money now, right, and then have the downswing later. Why would I take the downswing now with unguaranteed uh, upside later? You see what I'm talking yeah. about? No, I do. It's the harsh reality of sports business, and <laughs> it's it's not always fun to discuss. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I hate being that guy too, because I'm usually that guy that brings it up. Yeah. But it just it just sucks because with the Raptors, because it's like they're close, but they're not close. It was almost a mirage this year where the Eastern Conference Finals was amazing. I mean, people could say they th- they thought the Raptors were going to go there and they expected them. I did. But I don't think they expected them to get there. I honestly the did. I did as well just because of the, how how weak the East was. Yes, exactly. But after seeing them go seven games twice, I was like, God damn, they're going to get rolled. Mm. And actually win two games? <laughs> you know, it was it was nice. Right. Because they were celebrating in the streets when they made it yeah, to the Eastern Conference thing. Finals. Celebrating in the streets, people were like honking. People were like running around in the middle of. It was crazy. So I don't, I don't know, man. It seems like the, seems like the city is happy with them just being good. Drake's gonna be happy with them just being good. Drake's just happy with whoever's winning. Drake's not gonna show up if the team sucks, and then nope. that is an um, that's an uh that's an attraction to the team. Drake being there. Yeah, no, it is. It makes people feel like it's an event, right? And at the end of the day, you want the games to be an event. Exactly. So. If I'm ownership, well, where do I sign? You know, how do I get Demar Derozan on this team? Well, you overpay him, and <laughs> what he's projected to make is insane. Have you have you seen the numbers? It's roughly five years, 149 million dollars. Yeah, uh, and in the 2021 season, it's 33 million dollars he's going to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a reality, man. I mean, that's, that's near. That's a near reality. Well, on that <laughs> note. <laughs> <laughs> that is a whole other podcast. Once, trust me, we are coming back and we are going to debate. Well, we're not even going to debate because we're both, you know, we'll get Ryan on because I feel like Ryan would support DeMar DeRozan, whereas you and I are just not for it at all. It doesn't make sense long term. Yeah. But when you look at who they have to pick after free agency in terms of bargain bins, considering they're working with $6 million, I'm going to throw three or four names out at you here and let me know your thoughts. Luke Embamute. Would he not fit the under six mil range yeah, as like a veteran yeah, guy? He, he can like he literally has no offensive game though. Zero. All right, so here's the next one. Okay. It doesn't get much better, okay? So bear with me here. Darrell Arthur. I don't. I don't, actually don't hate that. I actually like that. You think that'd work? Yeah. Getting hmm. you know he's okay on threes and fours, okay, right? But he shoots it. That's the thing I'm looking for the most. I like I need you to shoot the ball. If you don't play center. Got to shoot the ball. I think with the Raptors, two things you have to do if you're not going to play center is you need to play the pick and roll very well on both ends of the floor. You got to be a pick and pop threat, and you got to be a defender. Like you have to be able to defend. And I know it all relates back to the pick and roll, but when you look at the Raptors and their guard centric offense, that's what they do a lot of is just high pick and rolls, one and fives, and you got to be able to, to shoot it. And then when teams do that back to try and create mismatches with Lowry or DeRozan because both of them are susceptible to being beaten on defense. Right. You got to be able to defend that and hedge off and kind of you know help defense and not give up your lane. Still, just you, you got to be able to defend these things. I mean, it's, it's a lot to, to digest, but they have to be able to do yeah, it. Yeah. So, and you don't need to dribble. You know, they have the Raptors have creators. They have Corey Joseph. They have Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, you know Norman Powell every once in a while. You know Terrence Ross every once in a while. So they have creators. They just need people to to be um it's like the escape valve on offense. Okay, I got two more for you here. One of them I feel like you're not going to like, and the other one I feel like you might like. So the first one is Kevin Martin. Oh, man. 
<laughs> if he only stays on one side of the floor, because... <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Sweet. I'm, I'm in, you know, because he can only... It's where he can like he can actually only shoot from one side, right? It's like that has to do with his release. Yeah, it's so weird. Right, so he can only shoot from one side of the floor. Okay, you know, if we just load him, like if we load the offense on one side and then he just like chills in the corner, but uh, that's not how <laughs> basketball works, unfortunately. No, not at all. Okay, so he's off the yeah. list, I guess. The last one, and I feel like this is the general consensus, popular answer amongst Raptors fans right now, especially from what I've read a lot on Twitter. Andrew Nicholson. He's from Mississauga. I watched him play a lot in high school. Uh, option? Yeah. Perhaps? Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I don't think he's going to get signed for that much money, though. I don't think he's really worth MLE. What about Brandon Bass? Boom. Yeah, I like Brandon Bass, but I feel like Brandon Bass could get more money somewhere else. Keep in mind, they're working with maybe 6 to $7 million, unless they make a trade. And if they make a trade, they're going to get somebody bigger. Like, I would love for them to go out and trade some pieces to Denver and get Danilo Gallinari, who's entering the last year of his contract. Okay. Here's, this is, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for somebody to mention Danilo Gallinari. Explain to me oh, great. why I want Danilo Gallinari on my team when he only plays 40 games a season. See, health aside, I, I feel like it's, he's a big gamble, right? But I feel like you could be able to get him for cheaper because he's, one, his health, he's a gamble in that sense. Two, you don't know if you're going to be able to re-sign him because he's making quite a bit of money now, but he's going to become a UFA in a year where the cap is going up and he's going to make even more money on the open market. So I feel like he could potentially be a rental player, which will put the Raptors in that win now window again. But I feel like he could be a cheaper player to acquire for those reasons. Yeah. Like, and what he does on the floor, like you don't like his game. I love his game personally. I mean, you think I hate all white players. But he's, <laughs> he's a guy I love. I love me some Gallo. Tell me. Yeah. I want to hear about Danilo Gallinari on the floor, man. How does he work with the Raptors? How would he work? Well, pick and pop for sure. Somebody who can shoot the three ball a lot better. Like, how many open looks did we see Carroll and Patterson miss in the postseason this That's year? Fun. And on this, yeah, I feel like Gallo could bury those quite a bit. When he sets his feet, he's a fantastic shooter for a big man. He plays with a little bit of an edge where he can he he can put the ball on the floor and get to the cup. Defensively, he's a liability. I mean, he's not the greatest defender, and you know it would kind of put the Raptors in a situation again where they won't be doing what Casey wants, but they'd be scoring a lot more. I feel like their points per possession will go up a bit, which if they feel that they're going to beat Cleveland by outscoring them, since Cleveland's playing more out-tempo now, he would also fit that bill. But if they want to play more defense and slow the game down and really muck it up, he doesn't make sense. But I just feel like for what he brings with one year left on his contract and the possibility of acquiring him for cheaper pieces, he's somebody who makes sense. What is he playing? The starting power forward, right? Yeah, I think he would have to. Or you could put him at the three and let Carroll play the four. It'd be a weird mix between him and Carroll. Right, right. And what about the athleticism I'm getting from him? I think he's very athletic, to be honest. I mean, Gallo's a guy I've been watching since he started with New York, and he's gotten better each year. So why he's, a deceptively, he's deceptively quick. Oh, that's what they, they always say that about the white guys. <laughs> high motor, deceptively fast. <laughs> he's not Tyler Hansbrough, okay? He doesn't have that high motor, deceptively fast. <laughs> but yeah, he's just fast, man. He's not deceptively fast. He's just fast. I think because, not because he's white, let's take the skin color out of here, let's not make a race debate tomorrow, I think because, uh, <laughs> it's, such, it's just I, such a, it's such a stereotype, man, and it's just, it's it just is, fast. it is, he's just a fast player, Jeremy Lin is also very fast, yeah, Jeremy Lin's fast, I'll give him that, I think because Gallinari's almost seven feet, he's deceptively that's, fast, that's, that's I think that's more why people think that, as opposed to him being Caucasian, right. <laughs> yeah, I like 
Is there anybody you think they could go out and acquire though in a trade? I like I like uh, Gallinari. I just I think you could say Gallinari for any team. Every team would be like, yeah, that'd be awesome to have him. But then yeah. nobody can trade for him because nobody can either get to the contracts or they would give up too much for him. Like, how much is he really worth? You know, I feel like he fits on every team. Like you could put him on the Warriors, the Clippers, even the Cavs. You know, any- he would be perfect on the Warriors. Right, he could literally play on any team in the league, but he's been stuck in Denver for like the past like four or five years. Well, here, here's two other players that are kind of stuck. One is in Denver, Wilson Chandler. Right. Kind of undersized, but he can he can help the Raptors defend. Another guy that I love personally who's stuck in Houston, Trevor Ariza. He's somebody who can really help them defend LeBron. If they're going to go all in and try and beat the Cavs, you might as well load up on wing defenders and throw an onslaught to Mario Carroll and Trevor Ariza at him. Okay, He's somebody they could acquire. I like, I like Trevor Ariza. That's a, I didn't even think of that. I just feel like he's got the size in the wing. He's very versatile. Relatively cheap contract. Like... Outside thought. Yeah, he's only what seven, like seven, seven and a half million. So you'd probably be able to get him with the MLE. Is he a free agent? No, I think he's under contract for two more years. I'm gonna look it up quick. So you got to trade for him. And that's yeah, they'd have to trade for him. Uh, inevitably, Terrence Ross is going somewhere this offseason. If the Raptors are making a move, it has to involve Terrence Ross just because of the poison pill contract he holds. Not that bad. Cause I'd rather have Norman Powell than Terrence Ross at this point. Yeah, me too. I feel like Terrence Ross. His shooting has been inconsistent, whereas I'll rather take a younger player's inconsistencies and develop him. Yeah. Plus, Norman Powell plays much better defense. They have like the same level of athleticism. Like, Norman Powell knows how to use his more. Plus, he's a better better dribbler, better shooter, better finisher. The... Norman Powell is better than Terrence Ross, man. Yeah. <laughs> he's better than Terrence Ross. Okay, so Trevor Reese is under contract for the next two seasons, and he's going to make 7.8 mil. 7.8 mil in the one and 7.4 mil in 2017-2018. Then he's a UFA after that. That's pretty good. He's also kind of old, though. Mm, 31. He'll be 33 at the end of his contract. And he's going to be, you know, I don't think his three-point stroke is, like, uh, it's not money. Yeah, no, I'd agree. But I feel like if they want to bring back a Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, these are the kind of players that are going to become a reality for them to add. Yeah, that's true. That's the issue. Because they're going to be stuck. They're going to be in cap purgatory. Like They can't do anything financially after that. Yeah, so... Asai needs to make some serious decisions real fast. And I I honestly think there's like a, a right decision. is like, take the step back, man. Cut your losses. Just realize that the Raptors are not... like They're just not going to beat Cleveland. They have to bank on an injury. And it would have to not even be an injury to Kevin Love. It would have to be an injury to... LeBron James. LeBron, or maybe maybe Kyrie Irving. Maybe they could like squeak by in a seven game series. Maybe. I'd rather let us like face a Kyrie that's going to shoot the ball forty times a night as opposed to a LeBron James who's going to make everybody better. Yeah. So they have to hope for a LeBron injury, or it's it's just not happening, man. It's not. Got to be real for you. Got to like be real with yourself for a second as a fan. If you're listening to this and you're a fan, just think about it real quick. You really think that the Raptors are capable of beating LeBron James and Kyrie Irving in the next three years? Even though LeBron is going to be like declining, Kyrie Irving is going to be getting better, and so is Kevin Love. Yeah, <laughs> I, have no, I have nothing to add to that. Like it's it's the harsh reality of the Eastern Conference. And until a superstar comes over and really wants to compete with LeBron, maybe a la Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook next year. 
It, there's there's nothing they can do. Kevin Durant dream. Yeah, the dream for like every single team in the NBA, <laughs> except maybe the Cavs and Warriors. Actually, no, the Warriors are in there too. Every team except the Cavs. Oh man, that'd be so dangerous if we have if not the Cavs. Sorry, if Golden State ever signs Kevin Durant, I think we may have to like uh, some sort of redrafting of the NBA. Yeah, expand <laughs> like just blow it up, blow the league up. It's expansion draft, you know, then have to uh, you can only secure like five players, right, and then everybody else goes into the pool. Expansion draft, <laughs> Seattle, you're getting a team. Wow, they would love that. <laughs> so to kind of like summarize what we feel with the Raptors offseason here. They don't have a lot of money, maybe six or seven mil to play with. Therefore, we feel like it's going to be pretty quiet. And we think that because of all the things that are going on here, if they're stuck on that treadmill, Messiah Jury has to make a big decision. So I guess the big storyline that we both agree on for the Raptors offseason in terms of free agency is Messiah Jury has to make a decision where he wants his team to go next. And I know that's kind of like the obvious answer here, but I think it's a bigger decision in terms of he has to cut bait with one of his big three players, or he just has to commit to this core. That be fair to say? Yeah, I think so, man. He's got a real thing is Kyle Lowry because he's a small guard, right? And you don't age well when you're a small guard. And plus, he's, he's thirty-one. Thirty-one, and he's a slashing type player, not a shooter. So that, that decline is going to happen very quickly, and it will be rapid. <laughs> like when he's in, when he falls off that cliff. Oh my goodness! It's gonna be bad. Probably not gonna be next year. It's probably gonna be year after next where people are just like, what? What is going on here? So when they up him to a new contract. Yeah, so they've got to make that, that uh that trade real quick. This year, it's either this year or, or next year, man. they got to do that soon. You know, I kind of like the parallel between the Blue Jays and the Raptors where the Blue Jays have Encarnacion and Bautista, two older players that are due up for contract at the end of this season. And the Raptors have a fringe superstar who may not be old, but by the time this contract is done will be, mm-hmm. in DeMar DeRozan. And they have an old superstar who's been the heart and soul of their team in Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. who's due up next season. So they both have like huge decisions to make, and you never pay older players. It's just like kind of like, uh, sorry, you never you pay older players, but you don't pay them for long term. Yeah, you never and, pay them for long term. And the Jays and the Raptors are looking like they're both about to do it. Don't, don't do it. <laughs> no, oh my goodness, they're screwed. <laughs> they're so screwed, okay. man. They're gonna they're gonna fall into the pressure of of the fan base, and they're just gonna get re-signed, and then everybody's gonna look around like. They're going to be looking at this pretty building, and then eventually they just, like, the camera zooms out, and you just realize that there's just, like, destruction, smoking, and there's this, it's just this pretty building. It's like, yeah, the Raptors are okay, but everything else around is just destroyed. If they get to that point, I think Masai Jury leaves. (laughs) No, I'm serious. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would stand around. If ownership tried to pressure him into you know, committing to being good and not great, I feel like he would leave all of a sudden and just say he wanted to explore new opportunities. And then years down the road, we'll hear about how him and ownership didn't get along because they wanted this, and Masai said, I'm not settling. I think that, that's the big you know, grand scheme picture here where it's like Masai will leave if that happens, in my opinion. You just predict the destruction of the Raptors? I won't call it destruction because <laughs> you know, somebody good could come in and, and replace him, but... Yeah, maybe it is a little bit of destruction. I think we're Doomsday. I think we're just like at the the precipice of uh the destruction. We're close, man. We're like really close to <laughs> the point where it's like, okay, the Raptors got to do something or we're Yeah, they got to do something or they're going to end up on that treadmill and I don't know if I don't know if he's, I don't know if Jerry's going to be happy about that treadmill and I don't know if the fan base is going to 
be happy. I know the. I know ownership is going to be happy though, because they're going to be printing money, big time. Printing. So quickly before we go, let's let's take a look around the rest of the league and see which teams could affect the Raptors in free agency here. I know there were some players that we liked that were some interesting storylines that could really you know hurt the Raptors. Uh, Al Horford, somebody in my opinion, who if he goes to Boston, that drastically changes the Atlantic Conference. Oh yes, I can't wait for I can't wait to wait to see what Boston does, man. One of my favorite teams to just look at conceptually, not necessarily on the floor because it can get ugly sometimes. But the concept of having so many draft picks and so many young players, it, you know, it gives them so many options. Signing Al Horford would be um be extraordinary, man. But he's kind of old. Kind of hard to pair him with the young core. Well, Oklahoma City said they want to go after him because Kevin Durant said he's a player you'd like to play with. So, but that would force them to dump a lot of cap space, right? Mm-hmm. So you could say goodbye to Dion uh, Dion Waiters. Yeah, which makes sense. Cantor. I still don't understand why they paid Cantor last year, but they had to because uh, whoever the I think the guy that the GM of the Trailblazers. He's the one who... Oh, when he matched it. Yeah, yeah he, he matched, like, yes, ran right. up the price, and then they had to match, or else they would just lose right. his canter for literally nothing. I think they traded away, like, a first-rounder to get him. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I forgot they about that They ran up part. the price. I'm surprised they don't do that more frequently in the NBA, to be honest. Yeah, I know in hockey it happens sometimes. Like, with Shea Weber, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He got traded. Yeah, oh, that trade. That was a huge trade. How could, I not, how could I not be familiar at my Twitter feed? <laughs> right, blew up, right? I have a friend from high school. Like, I still follow her, for, and uh, she just loves the she loves the Habs, man. Poor girl. Oh my goodness. Poor girl. I feel for her already. Oh. But the reason why they were able to trade Shea Weber was because the Philadelphia Flyers they they sent him an uh, offer sheet a long time ago. Right. So when that happened in his first free agency year, the Predators had to match that massive fourteen year, one hundred three million dollar deal. A part of their negotiation was that they wanted him to have a no-movement clause, the Flyers. And the Nashville said, no way. We'll sign you to what you want, but there has to be like the option of us trading you. So he said, okay, I'll take, I'll take the money and you know the 14 years, basically a lifetime deal at a ridiculous cost. Mm-hmm. And now we saw what happened. Now he's gone. Yeah, which is nuts. <laughs> now he's gone. Dude, uh, Pred, that must be like a really – no, I can't believe we're turning into like stock here, but like – that must be a really bittersweet uh, moment for them, you know. Yeah, I feel like that'd be like if the Kings traded Boogie. No, that would just be, you know, just tears. Only tears. Well, the fan base would revolt again. Only tears, and just maybe maybe some anger. But I can't imagine them being happy losing Boogie in any way. They have to trade Boogie, dude. I mean, if I was Boston, I'd be sending that unprotected Brooklyn pick, which could be number one next year. Actually, that's the real question here. If you're Boston, do you trade that pick? Oh yeah, absolutely. For for Marcus Cousins, I mean, you only you hope that your picks turn into Demarcus Cousins. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just feel like people overvalue that pick a bit. Yeah. No, 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 no. If I can get Demarcus Cousins with number one, right, or number two, whatever it's going to be, yeah, I want that absolutely. So yeah, hmm. yeah. yeah. I'm trading that pick, and what else? Anybody except for Jay Crowder, basically, I would trade away from Boston. They can, they can even have Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. He's not that good. He's good. Wow. He's good, but he's not that good. He won't be a. He's not going to be an all-star in the West. 
No, yeah, I don't think so either. I think he'd just be really good, but not an all star. Like Eric Bledsoe, good. Yeah, I actually, I don't even know if he'd be Eric Bledsoe, good. Right, so I could, I would trade Isaiah Thompson or Thomas, sorry, for yeah, for for, De- for Demarcus Cousins. Come on now. You know, I'm looking at the East right now, and I'm trying to think of teams that could actually, you know, affect the Raptors in free agency. <sighs> what a tire fire the Eastern Conference is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really trying to find it, like maybe Miami, <laughs> Miami with some money, they, some tax free. Miami might even lose Whiteside. Yeah, which I think they're gonna lose Whiteside. Right? So if that happens, then the only team that is capable of even making it to the Eastern Conference Finals is the Raptors. What about the Wizards? You feel like they could do anything? Oh, Wizards are also a travesty, dude. That that medical staff is probably one of the worst medical staffs in the <laughs> like. It's like. At the very bottom, medical stats, you have the Bulls, you have the Wizards, and probably the Nuggets. Because it seems to be like their best players always get injured. Like every every season, Bradley Beal is always injured, Gallo is always injured. And just name who name a, a, a player on the Bulls roster that hasn't been injured. Well, a lot of people like blame Thibodeau for that, right? Yeah, but, but then here. it still happened when he was gone. Like they're I want to make a little public service announcement because we got a watch bomb mid podcast. So at 12:01 a.m. as free agency starts, Hassan Whiteside's focused on Miami and Dallas. Is that like watch bomb worthy? I felt like it was. <laughs> Dude, imagine him on Dallas. I think that'd be a good fit. Here, I got just to shout out the the person that has been sending me fan mail. He brought up yeah. an idea to me today where Dirk be a perfect fit for the Raptors. What do you think about that? I think Mark Cuban would fly up here, kidnap him, and bring him back to Dallas. <laughs> I feel like there's no way in hell he's leaving Dallas. <laughs> Me neither, but I wanted to at least give that guy you know, a little bit of shine because I, pre- I appreciate the email, man. Yeah, no, that's awesome that he's doing that with you. I mean, Dirk's a good fit. He's right. But could you ever picture Dirk in a uniform that's not the Mavericks? No. Me neither. Plus, he's going to... You know, the amount of money... I can't even imagine the amount of money Dirk would ask for as a free agent, so... Yeah, me neither. I mean, man, that'd be like 20 mil if he wanted to truly play the free agent market. Yeah, I know, but he's like, you know, he has no way of playing defense. He is literally just like Frankenstein on defense. <laughs> just stick him on Golden State and <laughs> shoot triples all day. Yeah, he'd be an awesome bench pick. Man, the 2K team would be unreal with those guys. They'd be like game sliders. Just shooting from like half. All Golden State with uh, KD and Dirk at the minimum. Yeah, I went there. Okay. <laughs> now it's getting real. <laughs> That'd be great. They would just shoot. They would only shoot threes. Two other interesting teams before we check out of here. The Bucks. I think the Bucks are one, and I think the Pistons are another one. If we're going to talk about competitors, there's other interesting teams like the Knicks and you know the Bulls. The usual teams that you get together with your friends and they don't watch the league a lot, so they bring up these teams and they're like, man, I heard they're going to get Durant. Just, you know, you just talk with them to be nice and move on. But I think, like, the Pistons and the Bucks are two teams that could actually improve this post this offseason. Yeah, I like I like the Pistons just because they're basically what the Raptors should be. You know, like this young up-and-coming team where they have, like, good players basically at every position. They're young. They're all developing, right? So you got like DeAndre, I mean, sorry, Andre Drummond. I always mix up names. Andre Drummond and like KCP. <laughs> I love KCP. 
she was on the Raptors. Um, yeah, they just have like a lot of great um, young players. Honestly, if they just didn't sign anybody and they just grew the team every year, I think they need a bench. That's about it. But if they just grew the team every year, I think they would just be an amazing team in a couple of years. Yeah, you know what? I feel like Stan. I, I believe in Stan Van Gundy for what it's worth. I mean, look what he did with Orlando. He's he's got a track record as a winner, and I feel like he could build that team with the young core, adding a few pieces, and maybe centering it around Andre Drummond. I think I think they're kind of have to based on the way he plays. Going to probably end up playing like the Magic did with Dwight Howard. That team is it looks like it's essentially bait, built the exact same way as that Orlando team. Can you win with that that kind of roster though? I feel like a guy like Tobias Harris is going to do really well this year. Oh, me too. I can't wait until this, this is his breakout season, man. Trust me. Yeah. Going. No, I'll bet money on that too. <laughs> this is the breakout season. He's no longer being hindered by Scott Skiles. Oh. Scott Skiles and the way he just... I feel like he's that old-school coach where you're like, I know you're supposed to play this way, but F you, this is my system, you're going to play this way. I feel like he's that guy. Oh, at least they have Frank Vogel now. Magic. I mean. Yeah, that's a big improvement. <laughs> Actually, the Magic have a lot of money, too, that they could spend. They have so much money, but nobody is willing to go there. So they're going to piss it all away in a baka, right? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. They need to re-sign him because they only have, he only has... One year on his contract. So. What if they just traded all that for Ibaka and he walks? And he walks away. Well, that is a gargantuan mistake, and I would say that the Thunder won that trade. I think they already won that trade no matter what, but yeah. Oh, man. I feel bad for it's, the Magic, man. I do too, but I feel like they're going to pitch that whole like tax-free issue and, you know, yeah, yeah. we can give you this great life in Florida, the East is winnable, all that kind of stuff, you know? The East is only winnable if Toronto... They decide to take that step back, so we'll see. Mm, yeah, that's all <laughs> possible. It's so, there's so many interesting storylines after the Cavs in the East because everybody's about even keel. Yeah, and everybody's young in the East. Is there any other teams that you feel are like worth talking about, or should we just come back and do that as the off season starts? Like, I feel like once tonight hits midnight, when we get into free agency, the you know. Friday, Saturday, and we start hearing more rumors and players going where, I feel like we're going to have a lot more to talk about and a better grasp of where the East is heading. Not just the East, just the NBA in general. Yeah, I, I mean, the West is, in my opinion, the entire NBA, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that. East is like the, the, B, the B side, the track, you know. Yeah, the East is present. Oh, man, dude, like, they're young. So just remember that. The East is young. There will, there will be their time. I like your optimism. I like it. The West, well, in general, the West is getting older. You know, Kevin Durant is approaching. He's approaching thirty. They're like, where does he go? By the way, where do you think he goes? I think he's going back to the Thunder. One plus one, and we're doing this entire fiasco again next year. I feel the same way. I feel like he he looks at the amount of money that he can make next year, and the fact that he can kind of make a big decision with his good pal Russell Westbrook. I mean. They say they're good pals. I really don't know how good of pals they are because people are like, they hang out in the summer. In case people didn't know, Durant goes back to the University of Texas, the 40 acres, every summer to complete his degree. So they don't hang out as much as people think. Yeah, and then I, doesn't... Uh, I don't know how good friends they are. Yeah, doesn't Russell hang out in uh, L.A.? He's from L.A., right? So. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty far apart from... <laughs> even though they're on the same landmass, they're pretty far apart. 
You know, so <laughs> I don't think that whole Russell and KD are really good friends is as big of a storyline as people like to make it out to be. I think they're just friends because they realize, hey, we're pretty good together. Yeah, and even that, that is always questioned, whether or not they're good together. Let's say they went to a team in the East, the both of them. Could they win the East together? Oh, can you, uh, if they were in, I was just thinking, yeah, we send them to Orlando and then those, you know, play with Serge Ibaka and then that's just like the thunder again. Then Serge would cry. Serge would want to leave <laughs> yeah, again. you would want to leave again. So, <laughs> I don't want to play in that role. <laughs> yeah, I think they could be a contending team in the East if they went to a team. There you go, Knicks fans. There's your pipe dream. Pardon? Westbrook Durant. I said, there you go, Knicks fans. There's your pipe dream. <laughs> Westbrook Durant. Or Boston. Boston, if you just trade everybody and just empty, empty the cap space. Trade everything. All your 46 picks over the next 10 years and every young player you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then maybe you can get some cap space. Then you can sign them. That'd be amazing, man. I would be. That'd be fun to watch, actually. I'd be all for that. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see Kevin Durant on a different team. I have a feeling that's going to happen soon. After next year. After next year, probably. Okay. One last thing before we get out of here. Anybody who's living in the Great Toronto area that's listening to this, the Nike Crown League is about to take place again starting on July 1. It's basically a pro-am league that resembles the Drew League, um, even the Rucker Park EBC league that goes on in Harlem. Six weeks every Friday. Some of the best players in the GTA come out and play. And even some NBA guys come out and play. Last year we had Kelly Olynyk. He came out. James Johnson was there. Uh, Anthony Bennett. I mean, say what you want about him, but he still put on a show and, you know, really took it to guys. You can watch these guys play in a comfortable, relaxed environment, and it's, it's just something that's well worth going, in my opinion. If you got the time, sign up online. Me and Demar will be there. A lot of our other writers will be there. Come check out the event. It's well worth your time. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait to be there more, actually. That's going to be sick. Yeah, I mean, it's a really cool experience for people that haven't been there. I've I've gone to like a lot of things in New York. I've seen – I was at the Crown League last year. It's it's a damn good event for Toronto. It's something that I think is on the rise, and we're going to see more of in this city. So I'm happy about that. On that note, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach out to us on Twitter, at Tip of the Tower. You can also like our Facebook page and leave a comment there, at Tip of the Tower. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter, at Chris O'Kranitz. If you want to reach out to Damar, keep sending him fan mail, guys. He loves that stuff. It's at JG on Twitter. And please be sure to subscribe to the show. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, at Tip of the Tower. Thank you for listening, and enjoy free agency, everyone. Take care. Enjoy it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.